we go. Uh, number 10, Baby I Need Your Loving by The Four Tops. It's written and produced by the Motown's main production team of Holland Dosia Holland. And the song was the group's first Motown single uh, and has a top 20 hit. Sound by Levi Stubbs. The instrumentation by the Funk Brothers uh, and also the Symphony uh, Orchestra uh, popped in with some strings. Uh, it's a great track. I'm particularly fond of the four tops. And uh, so that's my number 10 video. Most of these songs are really as a result of hearing them on the radio. I was actually only 10 years old, but the radio was on in our house all the time. Um, so let's get to number nine. Uh, number nine's I Feel Fine by the Beatles. Uh, they released quite a few in this year. Uh, Hard Day's Night, the album, of course. But this is the one I really like. It's their eighth single, and it was their seventh number one. Written by Lennon, uh, the recording includes one of the earliest uses of guitar feedback in popular music by Harrison. Uh, and the, the, he, the riff was influenced by heard on a 1961 song performed by Bobby Packard called Watch Your Step. McCartney said the drums on the I Feel Fine were also inspired by uh, the R&B classic uh, Ray Charles' 1959 single What I'd Say. Absolutely terrific song of course uh, and it's at number nine I Feel Fine. Quite a few uh, Motown songs in my selections they were really uh, tremendous at this time. Uh, Barry Gordy churning out these uh, brilliant uh, single records. And number eight is Where Did Our Love Go by The Supremes. It's the first single by The Supremes to go to the number one position in the Billboard chart. Written by Holland Dozier and Holland. And there's a great sax solo in the middle. Lead vocals by Diana Ross. And the Funk Brothers again turning in with the instrumentation. Absolutely first class. More Motown, Dancing in the Street by Martha, Martha and the Vandellas. This was written by Mar Marvin Gaye, uh, but he decided that he didn't want to use it himself. And so it was snapped up by Martha Reeves. And what a great song. It got to number two in the Billboard chart and four in the UK singles charts. It's one of Motown's signature tunes and the group's premier song. Uh, there were some covers later by Mamas and the Parkers, uh, but the, the famous one was the 1985 uh, Live Aid when David Bowie and Mick Jagger did a duet of Dancing in the Street. But I prefer the original. The song uh, took on a different meaning uh, at the time when riots in inner city America led to many young black demonstrators citing the song as a civil rights anthem for social change. And it actually was taken off many radio stations because it was viewed as an inciting insurrection. Uh, well, I don't know about that really, uh, but uh, it probably reflected the white anxiety in the White House. Uh, but it certainly did get a dance mover uh, inspiration for a racial minority at the time and uh, it's a very very good song and uh, lead vocals by Martha Reeves of course and uh, it's uh, my number seven 
Dancing in the Street. Uh, Don't Worry Baby by the Beach Boys, written by Brian Wilson and Roger Christian from the band 64 album Shut Down, Volume 2. It's a tender, loving ballad with Fossato lead by Wilson, who also produced the recording. Tells the story of a youth who gets himself into street racing trouble, but is unconditionally comforted by his understanding girlfriend. She makes me come alive and makes me want to drive when he, she says, don't worry, baby. Christian gave the lyrics to Brian Wilson. He was a disc jockey uh, at the time, uh, and uh, uh, he finished off the writing uh, of the song. Uh, it's suggested that it was more pensive and even slightly dark underneath its pristine facade, but I really don't know about that. But I do know it's a great song. As it comes in at number five, this is Keep On Pushing by The Impressions, uh, a progressive soul song, of course, written by Curtis Mayfield. Uh, and there was an album of the same name. This uh, song has been used frequently in democratic presidential campaigns, particularly in 2004 uh, for the Obama uh, address. And uh, sorry, for the Obama endorsement of John Kerry in 2004 and it was also played recently at uh, Joe Biden's presidential campaigns. It's a cracking song though and I, it really actually started my love affair with the voice behind Kirstie Mayfield. So that's my number five, keep on pushing. 2-4 then, you really got me, The Kinks. Uh, written by Ray Davis. It's a, it was originally a more blues oriented style song inspired by artists such as Lead Belly and Bill, Bill, Big Bill Brunsey. Two versions of the song were recorded apparently with the second performance being used for the final single. single. Built around those power chord uh, uh, efforts by Dave Davis heavily influenced uh, later rock musicians particularly in the heavy metal genre and also the punk rock era. Uh, Dave Davis, as I say, was responsible for this, although lots of rumours that Jimmy Page was involved, but uh, they were merely rumours. It was the group's big breakthrough uh, and it went to the top of the uh, British Invasion Acts in the US. It reached number seven over there. Uh, and Davis said he was inspired to write the song one night during his college days playing with the Dave Hunt band when he saw an attractive girl on the dance floor and he said, when we finished, I went off to find her, but she was gone and never returned to the club. She really got me going. Say no more, Ray. And number three, She's Not There by The Zombies. Their debut single, written by Rod Argent, the keyboardist. Uh, I love this song. And, of course, it was covered uh, in tremendous style by Santana on their 77 album, Sunflower. Uh, but back to the original, number 12 in the UK charts in September 64. And also got to number two, uh, Across the Pond. Uh, he, Rod Argent built the lyrics off uh, from a John Lee Hooker song. Uh, no one told me and then it became part of the opening phrase of she's not yeah 
So one of uh, a piece of trivia there for you. Uh, the distinctive features on this was the electric piano sound, and also the the instrument used was a honer uh, planet sound. Uh, Piano uh, means nothing to me, but I'm sure it does to you. Backing vocals, very folk influence with some close harmony styles. There we have it. She's not there by the zombies. So Roy Orbison, Oh Pretty Woman, written by Roy and Bill Dees. Uh, it spent three weeks at number one on Billboard. Uh, the second and final single by Orbison to top the US chart. It was also his third in the UK uh, and it topped the UK chart as well. The title was inspired by his wife, Claudette, who interrupted a conversation to announce she was going out. And when Orbison asked if he had had enough cash, uh, his co-writer, Bill Dees, interjected, a pretty woman never needs any money. Hmm. Orbison posthumously won the 1991 Grammy Award for Best Male Vocal Performance for his live recording of Oh Pretty Woman, which turned up on the HBO television special Roy Orgerson and Friends, A Black and White Night. Absolutely fabulous concert. So, that's number two, Oh Pretty Woman by Roy Orbison. It got there to number one. My number one for 1964 is The House of the Rising Sun, recorded by The Animals. Started out as a traditional folk song sometimes called Rising Sun Blues, uh, and the unknown author, uh, as was so uh, common in those days. It tells of a person's life gone wrong in New Orleans. Many versions also urge a sibling or parents or, and children to avoid the same fate. It's number one in the UK for seemingly ever. Uh, that's I was constantly hearing it three or four times a day. And it also hit the top in the US and Canada. Uh, uh, first time it was recorded by an electric rock band, however. Uh, and uh, it was said to be uh, the best known by American miners in 1905. The oldest public version of the lyrics is uh, printed by Robert Winslow Gordon. Uh, and uh, it was also the oldest recording was by Appalachian artist Clarence Tom Ashley and Gwen Foster in 1933. So lots of trivia about it. And now I'm going to uh, read the lyrics because they're absolutely stunning. There is a house in New Orleans they call the Rising Sun and it's been the ruin of many poor boy and God I know I'm one. My mother was a tailor so my new blue jeans. My father was a gambling man down in New Orleans. Now the only thing a gambler needs is a suitcase and a trunk. And the only time that he's satisfied is when he's on a drunk. Oh mother, tell your children not to do what I have done. Spend your lives in sin and misery in the house of the rising sun. Well, I've got one foot on the platform and the other foot on the train. I'm going back to New Orleans to wear that ball and chain. Well, there's a house in New Orleans they call the Rising Sun. And it's been the ruin of many young poor boy. And God, I know I'm one. And whilst reading that, I can visualise Eric Burden singing it, uh, Chaz Chambler on bass, and uh, Alan Price on uh, organ. 
What a classic. So that sums up my 1964 top 20. This is the top 10. Hope you enjoy it. And put your own top 10 down in the comments. I'd be very, very interesting to see if I'd left anything out. Uh, I probably have. But that's my lot. 